everybody and welcome to the newest indoor adventure in Advent Part 12. The newest session in our Four Keeps adventure. Today is November 18th and you are loved and you are appreciated and I mean that. And I hope that everybody here who is listening will at least go out and tell one other person that they are also loved because today is a very special day. Uh, it is, of course, one of the days that we stream. We do things like this on Monday, Tuesday, and Thursday at 5.30 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. So if you would like to be encouraged to tell those you are close to that you love them, feel free to bring yourself on back whenever we are live. Or you can always go to youtube.com slash indoor adventures uh, that is where we have all of our VODs. So if you want to catch up on this series or Curse of Strahd series or ghost of salt marsh any of the other games that we've played consider going there or wherever any pod anywhere podcasts are available under the same moniker uh if you already support us via twitch and youtube and audio casts consider going to patreon.com slash indoor adventures where you can gain access not only to our discord but also to the after show called knights in the courtyard where we answer questions not only from the community but also from each other we do have a merch store up. It's not very verbose. It has a lot of Todd merch. So if you love our dear friend Philip's goat, consider going to bit.ly slash merch indoor. Uh, and you can pick yourself up a I've seen some crit mug uh, or t-shirt. It's good stuff. Teespring still hasn't messaged me back about hooking up PayPal, so I cannot make new merch for you guys. I apologize. But... With that, that is my spiel. So, hey, RJ, who are you playing tonight? Hi, I'm RJ. Hi, I'm LB Hackamop, and I'm playing Gwen, the halfling barbarian fighter. <laughs> Hi, I'm Cyber, and I play Arshant, the dragonborn bloodhunter cleric. I'm Wings, and I'm playing Coriander, the elegant paladin. And I am the indoor adventurer, and tonight I shall be your dungeon master. So, last, last we left off, you all woke up uh, inside of the boughs of this ancient archfey tree. Uh, a figure from Arjan's past was able to help you guys escape and then plan a tactical insertion deeper into the heart of this tree. Upon entering in, you found that there was a furbled individual that you had known as both Fig and Plum, and you were able to separate them from the ancient ambered heart of this, uh, of this large archfey. Upon doing so, this archfey disappeared. You were able to question Fig, uh, who you later found out preferred to be called Plum, about this, uh, about what had happened here, about interactions that they had had leading up to this experience. Upon having completed your, uh, your battle with the Archfey, you decided that the only thing left to do to free Greenreach was to deal with the hags that were still around. So you left. You left a area of safety, leaving Rumble Thunder and Cybra with your dear friend Plum, uh, seeing as how he wanted to help you out, but he didn't know exactly how else to do so. And a terrible battle began. As a white dragon made of snow led a blizzard, the four of you quickly were able to defeat this beast, but 
there were three other figures within the snows above as the Coven of Hags came to you. It was during this fight that Calum ended up suffering a fatal blow and is currently dead in the snow. Cory tried to use a lay on hands, but it was ineffectual. And after a grueling and taxing set of encounters where Gwen was almost mouse-napped, you stand victorious. The blizzard is deceased. And a hag has escaped. The three of you see that Calum's body lies on the ground with snow gently falling on top of it. What would the three of you like to do? Uh, Gwen doesn't know what's going on, so Gwen's gonna just go, oh shit! Corey, do the thing! Do the thing! And she's gonna run over to Calum. <laughs> yep, Corey um, will run over to Calum uh, and just kind of slide in on her knees. Um, she knows that lay on hands has not worked. Um, she she knows that he's dead, but um, she is going to start petitioning every god that she has access to. Um, she's going to start off with Coralon. Um, she has a duck feather she keeps in her hair from the last time she encountered him. Um, she's just going to touch it, and uh, internally she'll say, I know we're not supposed to ask you for help. But for once, please give me some guidance. Um, Make a religion and... check. Okay. Fuck. Oh, that one's gone forever. Ah! <laughs> I'm so nervous. Uh... I'm keep on. I'm missing the dice tower. Uh, I don't have my dice ready. Uh, six. Okay. What else do you do? Uh, she is going to... Um, oh, previously she would have dug out that um, the, the hilt of her sword um, that the hag had. Um, and she's going to place it on Caleb's chest. Um, <clears throat> put her hand over it. Um, and she's going to start petitioning Elastray. Um and so, uh, Saloon to some degree. Um, and she's just going to pray for his life, um, saying that she's even willing to give up her status as a moon maiden for this. Okay, make a religion check. And are you saying this all aloud or are you internalizing it? Um, it's all internal, um, <clears throat> though her lips could be moving uh, to what she's actually saying. Uh, this one is a... Sorry, my microphone is in the way. <laughs> this one's a 19. Okay. Arjan, what are you doing? Calum is not getting up, and you are fairly certain you know what this means. Yeah, Ar I think Arjan did recognize this while the fight was going on, but had enough. Like, 
it was only the fight that was keeping him going. So right now he is just uh, not very responsive. Uh, just in shock. Okay. And Gwen, you are seeing Arjan just standing, giving kind of a thousand-yard stare towards where you and Corey are. You see that Corey is frantically voicing something. There are no words that are coming with it, but it seems like she's not doing the hand thing. And she seems a bit more desperate in what she is doing. And as you are there reaching out, you can also feel that Calum doesn't have a pulse. Uh, she's gonna look at Corey and then look to Arjan. Like, what is she, what is she doing? What what's going on? What Corey? Corey, dude, Corey, bring him back. Arjan, guys, do something. Maybe Chua, maybe Chua can do something about this. I mean, she she knows how to do magic like this, right? Guys, say something! Corey. You are also, you. so you've petitioned Coralon. You have petitioned Elstray. I, am I getting any kind of response? You feel like... With Coralon, there wasn't a there wasn't a connection that was made. And with Elastray, you know that she has received it. But as far as anything actionable, nothing has directly happened within this period of time. Uh, she waits for a moment. She just kind of looks desperately at the sky, um, just like this unsympathetic gray void. Um, and finally she reaches under her armor and she yanks the, uh, Corvid skull off of her neck. Um, and she just holds it over Calum and she prays to the Raven Queen. And she says, take me, not him. Make a religion check. Twenty-one. With a 21, you get a response. And the response comes as a full sentence. No breaks. In time, I'll have you both. And that's all that you receive. She's going to drop the skull, just kind of out of surprise. Um, and she'll just fall back and put a hand over her mouth. And her eyes are just going to start brimming with tears. And as they do, the Corvid skull begins to flash a yellowish color and shakes and begins pointing to the west.
guys, what are we going to do? We have to do something. Do we know anyone that can take care of this? You guys both came back. Fine. Gwen's going to get up and she's going to start walking towards where the hag went. Calum's shield is still here. It is. Um, Corey will reach for it. Um, kind of gingerly pick it up. And she's just going to hand it to Arjan. Um, Arjun's gonna shake his head. I think he'd want you to take care of her. I can't be trusted. Neither can I. She's just gonna, like, look uh, at Gwen's retreating back um, and just kind of look down at Calum and bow her head and sling the shield over her back. Arjan will pick up Calum. Okay. And we'll follow after Gwen. We'll do that. Alrighty. So, it takes you several hours of walking to actually trudge through the snow at this point um, to reach the area where you know the center of these huts to be. And when you arrive, you can see that the huts are empty and there there are a handful of dazed and confused halflings suffering from various forms of frostbite that are trying and to talk amongst themselves to see to f- try and figure out if they can remember what happened and they see the lot of you entering into town and they just seem to scatter they see your forms and they want nothing to do with these imposing figures as the last set of imposing figures that they met left them not exactly the uh for the best cool Gwen is gonna start shouting where do where's the hag where's that bitch just to the sky taunting her telling her to come out okay and Corey and arjan you follow Gwen into this town. You also see all of these halflings just sort of scatter and, and run as far as they can away from where you guys are. Especially with Gwen making as much noise as she is, uh, they are they are rightly terrified at this point. And the two of you make a perception check. Arjan, you will get Bloodhunter bullshit with this. 13. <laughs> Five. Okay. Yuck. 
So, Arshan, you are still... You have the weight of your friend on your shoulder. And you are carrying this. Not just emotionally, but physically. You are the one who is carrying Kalem. And trying to find out where the hag is, as far as you're concerned, she's gone. She's left. You killed her sisters. She might come back later, but if she wanted to kill you, she would have done so already. And Corey, as you look around, you notice that all of these huts that you had seen lights in before are without light. And you see one of them has uh, what looks to be less snow in front of it than the others. And you can see that there is a small trail of smoke that seems to be coming in front inside of that particular one and looking in you see that this hut has been just rifled through in a very very quick amount of time uh it seems like the hag took the majority of her things and then bolted Corey's going to kind of examine that and just say, Gwen, she's gone. Uh, Gwen is going to go into a rage and start destroying the houses. Okay. So you are going to make some... Uh, you're going to be destroying these houses. Arjan, what are you and Corey doing while Gwen is going about in a fit of rage? Are, wait, are we going, like, in the in the huts? You can if you want to. I would like to. Okay. So you go into one of these huts, and you can see that this hut was still set up as though the person who was planning on, who was living here, was planning on coming back. Uh, whereas the one hut that you had peeked into was completely disheveled and destroyed, it seems like this one was well-kept enough. Make a investigation check. Fifteen. Okay, so with a fifteen, you end up finding a letter that is written on what appears to be very, very old stationery. And it's kind of folded open, and it's written in a language that you have seen in passing, but you don't know yourself. And you recognize it as Sylvan. Hand it to Corey. You'll read it. And Corey, as you read it, uh, it says, There is still a chance for you yet, daughter of mine. Cold wind now, is it? The side you have chosen is that of folly, and when they come for you, just as they did the sister of Driftwood, you will wish you had heard my offer. You cannot oppose the land itself, daughter of mine. Uh, Corey will translate it for those who are listening, i.e. Arshan. Um, I think this is the same person. They will come for you. She'll come out us. Perhaps. 
that's that's what it seems there's the implication here seems to be that there's a alpha hag one that's in charge of the rest of them this like mother a, like a great grandmother a matriarch Corey kind of folds that up and will put it away whenever we were uh, in the holiday nexus we found uh, what's her face's spell book and it had an animate dead spell does Arjan see any arcane stuff in the hag den, uh, dens. There is a jar that is marked healing bees. You can see that there is a plate that looks like it has an etching of a thundercloud on it. Uh, but as far as anything necromantic, the closest thing that you are finding are scrying bones. Um, Corey, make an investigation check. I think that's going to be a six. Okay. That's a six. Yeah, Corey, you don't notice anything, uh, moving through this area. Arjan, also make a investigation check. 15 again. Okay, so with your 15, you end up finding between several of the huts. Uh, the, the writings and uh, basically arcane sigildry that describes being able to siphon the raw power of winter through the, through the waystone. Um, it doesn't seem like they're, they were necessarily bringing forth a fey winter. It seems like they were amplifying the powers of winter that were already here. Uh, can Arjan just, like, defile that? Oh, for sure. 110% you can. And, uh, I, yeah, Gwen. I'm, I'm sure Gwen's rage ends at this point because it only lasts a minute um she's gonna fall to her knees and her axe kind of falls from her hand and she just starts talking to uh gray skull and she's can you see him what can you see him in the spirit realm and gray skull sits down next to you and kind of squats and you feel a large hand rubbing your back. And he says, I can't see every dead person. It's just Goliaths. We've been through this. What can I do? You can honor the fallen. 
Why did they get to come back? I don't know. I didn't get to come back. But you're with me. Well, maybe that's what's going to happen to your friend. He'll get to be with someone soon. I want him back. I know you do. And if there was anything I could do, I would. But the only thing I have for you is words, and I'm honestly not that good at those. Could Chua bring him back? She might be able to. For our warriors who are brought back that way, it's not permanent. It'd be fleeting. I was supposed to protect him. And you did. Not well enough. Hey. Hey, 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 hey. You risked your life. Plenty of times. And you did great. You've always got your friends back. Everyone knows this. Oh, the tiny terror. Go ahead, stop foot. You're the best friend I know. But I want him back. I know. I know short stuff. It is she this was kind of... Go ahead. I was going to say, it is at this point that night is beginning to fall. Gwen just has her face in her hands. Corey and Arjan, what, uh, uh, what have you done with Calum? I'm assuming that you're not still carrying him around. Oh. I would have just uh, sat him up against, like, one of the huts whenever we went inside. Okay. And the two of you know that it is becoming nightfall at this point. What should we do? I I think that he would want a proper burial. All right. Give me um give me a little time. I'll I'll spend the night doing some research. I'll, I'll see what followers of Saloon prefer. 
indoor. Uh, the the hags got a lot of witchy stuff. They got they got a shovel. They for sure have a shovel. Cool. They have three shovels to be exact. Well, I'll, I'll I will take the one. Okay. And start digging six feet. Okay. Calum. What were the last thoughts that were on your mind as you were battling these hags and you saw them casting this frosted magic down upon you? It was probably, are they going to be okay? And it is at that point that your vision goes black. Everything gets cold. And you lose yourself. The cold and ice feeling of everything around you seem to slow down in this moment. And as you think to yourself, are they going to be okay? you find yourself drifting. And in a way, it's like when you've dreamt before, like when you've meditated. You're just falling. You're a part of a nothing. And then you feel a presence beneath you and you find yourself standing in a room and along the walls are what look to be incredibly smooth pillars that stretch from the ground up to the ceiling and in front of you inside of an intricate looking archway with the top uh with the top frame looking like an embossed set of wings with a corvid skull facing downward is where you find yourself. How is the place lit? Is it? There are amethyst colored flames that are just lit and hanging in the air. They aren't contained by any kind of brazier or sconce. They are just flames that seem to be held aloft by some sort of invisible force. Kalem will look down at his hands, kind of flex them. Do I have feeling there, or is it just nothing? You do have feeling. He'll start walking towards the doorway. As you begin to walk, you take a step with your right foot, and the flames flicker, and the room becomes a solid color of red. And you see that there are four different humanoid figures, all wearing very flowing black robes that have silvered accents upon them, wearing these gaunt masks of ivory with the elven word for death inscribed upon them. As your left foot touches the ground, the room changes to a blue color, and you sense a looming presence behind you. As you take another step with your right foot, you see that these figures with wearing their masks have changed their stance. They have moved in between this step and the last, but in much too quick 
of a way to it for it to actually see for it to seem natural as you take a left step again you feel like there is something watching you something that's approaching and as you continue to walk you watch as these figures begin to dance and move in a very broken in a broken manner as your pace quickens you can see more and more of a fluid kind of movement with them and as you continue walking in the blue room this large figure continues to come towards you and you see the shape of what appears to be an elven skeleton massive in size with scythe-like fingers stretching out towards you never moving but drawing ever closer in a brief second your mind wanders to your list of spells for a solution to the problem that you see flashing before you at every step and you draw your hand back ready to cast your signature guiding volt and that is when you come to the understanding that you are in even more dire situation than you realized the weave's present is presence is absent and in your chest you feel the harrowing sensation of emptiness you begin running and the shapes and the figures seem to come to life their movement becoming more fluid with each shift of red and blue and the macabre figures seem to be dancing in their forms with each footfall as the skeletal form begins to descend from the shadows your feet never stop moving as you try desperately to outrun these impossibly sharp claws yet they find you and you feel like they would always find you these hands were never meant to hold they were meant to tear and the searing pain that you feel in your back is a reminder of this as the claws cut into you, sending a shower of crimson across the blackness in front of you, splashing against the void. But your eyes follow the streaks as they become rivers along ashen banks against a sky filled to the brim with emptiness. The only thing stronger than your heartbeat is the sound of roaring water coming, down, uh, coming from down the forward-facing path. Leafless birch trees with withered skyward branches litter the landscape as far as you can see, and with no better sense of your bearings, you begin to follow the sound of roaring water. As you arrive to the sound, you find yourself on the ledge of a sheer drop leading down to an impossible distance to a lake that surface knows no depth, yet you can see where the Crimson River empties itself far, far below. Your gaze can't help but be drawn deeper in, and you don't even feel yourself careening forwards. As you fall, you realize that there isn't any wind resistance. It's almost like the world around you is falling upwards while you stay in place. The surface is warmer than you would imagine, and as you pass through the surface, you see a figure mirroring yours falling in reverse with the rest of the world as you continue to sink down. Where your form is gray and ashen, theirs is of vibrant blues and luminescent whites. And for a moment, you lock eyes, and in those eyes, you see a sadness beyond their years. But with that sadness, acceptance. This was the way it was to be. You continue sinking further into this pool, and you can feel your senses leaving you. But you can still make out pockets of light in the darkness. It seems so frivolous now, this light. The darkness has come to accept you, and it is so warm, so comforting, so free from the anxiety that you felt had rested heavy upon your chest since you could remember. To see aspects of this light reaching towards you with open arms seems almost more terrifying than to lay further down in this immeasurable darkness. You feel yourself being pulled by this light, 
and as your remaining form meets this minute brilliance, you feel the breaking of surface tension and you are pulled above the surface. To regain so many senses, so many of your senses at once is overwhelming and you struggle to find the strength to even open your eyes. It's bright here, too bright. The wind is too loud as it gently caresses your skin, drying your hair and clothing. And you reach out frantically with a hand, trying to find your bearings. And as your fingers weave themselves through the soft grass beneath you, they find a hand. A hand gentle, warm, and compassionate reaching towards you. I was afraid that I would not spot you in the flows. Are you all right? Calum uh, coughs and sputters, and he looks up to whoever this is. And as you look up, your eyes adjust to this new place of vibrance. You notice willow trees full of white and blue leaves and the grass beneath you a comforting auburn hue. And then you notice the figure. Hair as black as raven feathers, befit with silvered strands of age, and features not unlike your own, but more defined. The jaw is a bit more angled, the nose a tad more hooked, and the creases beneath the corners of their eyes that belay a life spent with a smile. And it is smiling. And it is smiling towards you. Have they been? I... I never thought I would see you again. <clears throat> and they wrap their arms around you, and you feel your mind taken away. Farther than Cory, and Arjan, and Cybra, and Gwen, farther than the back of Farron's cart, farther than the temple to saloon. Within these arms, there is nothing to fear or run from. This is a safe harbor on the tumultuous sea. This is home. And a hand that feels like a warmed hearth on a cold winter's day begins to run its fingers through your hair as you hear rumblings from deep within the, this figure's chest as the words break the silence that had befallen the world outside of the passage of the flows beneath you. My beautiful boy, what have they done to you? I'm sorry, what? And the figure leans back, and you see that there are tears brimming in their eyes. And this smile is trying so hard to keep itself. And they look towards you again and just give you a hug kind of not knowing what to do he'll put his arms around this man and pat him gently and the figure comes back and releases you and stands to his feet and offers you a hand as well and you can see that their stance is not unlike your own. The way that they carry themselves seems almost mirror-esque. I'm sorry, but who are you? Did I? He taps his body to check for wounds. There are no wounds. Your leg is as it should be. And he looks down at you. And he says, I'm Kaharik. And he 
motions to try and pull you up. He will take the hand and stand. Where, where am I? You are in the in-between. You are in the flows, and I was able to grab you. You... To put it simply, you died. And when people like us die, we find ourselves going... Well... We return to the gloom. I made this place. Years and years and years ago. This is a place where she cannot find me. Right within her domain. But just ever so on the outskirts. And Calum, as you peek around, you notice that the land in front of you has various holes and pools that all connect to this depthless liquid that all seems to be flowing in one direction underneath the area where you stand. So you made a pocket dimension in the Shadowfell to duck the Raven Queen. Nods. Okay. He will sit back down to process everything. I died. Huh. And he nods. And then we'll sit down next to you. I need to go back. I know. I know. And you will. You learn a lot watching the flow. Being able to look down into the direct in-between. The reason we pulled you aside, that I pulled you aside, this is part of the route, but not. The Raven Queen is in charge of the dying, that is true. And you are in the process of being so, but we are not technically outside of her realm. But we are in this place. I'm sorry. I'm 
don't mean to be nonplus about this, but I really don't know what to say in this situation. I, I've never died before. Good. Because if you had, that means that I would have missed you. Okay, well... But if this is your first time, then there's still hope yet. So, what now? I'm in the process of dying? We have... I have to keep you here. Until we figure out what to do. Because I can't have you continue the way that things are going if you hop back into the flow. Calum, or sorry, he doesn't know that name. <laughs> nope. Um, I've been. I came to this place as a precaution. When Shadarkai died, we all returned to the Queen. But that was not always the case. Shadarkai were once regular elves. We were normal. Well, as normal as elves can be. During during the event that led us here, we became her chosen people. And when we would die and come back, we would lose our memories of the lives we had before. Remembering only what it was like to be a Shadarkai. There are those When a Shadokai is born, the Nevilhar wish only to know who has found their way to the Raven Mother, or if they are dreamless. When we meditate onto our past, we think about past lives, but dreamless are new Shadokai. This is their first run. And the last recorded dreamless were hundreds of years before my time. So when it became apparent that you were dreamless, we had to protect you. Your mother gave her life so we could send you to Chorus Aird. The one place where we felt like her power couldn't reach you. But it seems like that wasn't far enough away. If you are in the flows, that means that she's found you again. That means that somewhere along the way she found you and realized who you were. 
She wants you to return to forget the life that knows the secret she desires. The, the secret to cure her sundered form lies in, the, lies in your hands, Mitellarian. And once it has been found, perhaps I may finally return to the gloom to find out what become of my Liadon. Galanadel. But what would be so wrong to fixing her? Would it mean would it mean losing Amaris? Who is Amaris? Oh. Well and he'll take some time explaining where he was sent, what happened during that time, what happened with the saloon. And the girl in the shield. And Kaharik nods. And he looks at you and says, To fix her isn't the bad option. But there are two Raven Queens that exist side by side. There's the one that your friend has met, the one who births the Shadarkai, and there's the Queen, the ones that the first of the Shadarkai knew. They are one and the same. Oh. She's fractured. Got it. <laughs> to remove the process for the cure would ensure that the fractured one would be victorious. So we have to make her whole again without basically losing the secret to the evil one. Okay. There's a plan. I... How long do I have to stay here? I... I need to get back. And uh, Kaharik looks towards you, and the smile that he has fades, and he says, that I do not know. And that is where we are going to shift back to the rest of the party. <laughs> She's on her way back. It's okay. So, Arjan, you have been digging this grave. Gwen, you have been being consoled by Grayskull. Is there anything else that you would like to have been doing during this time? I think Gwen's going to busy herself with uh, finding them a spot to sleep for the night. Probably in one of the huts. Right, there's not like buildings around here. 
not really. You know that there is a... You're near enough to a halfling villa mm -hmm. that in enough time you would be able to actually get there, clear out a spot, and then come back. The only issue being Arjan's large size going mm -hmm. into halfling homes. Uh, yeah. It seems very difficult for him. But, I mean, you're not... You're not opposed to doing any sudden renovations on homes that you don't live in, so mm, really depends. Um, I th think if he's shoveling here, Gwen will just drag Calum's body into one of the huts that they can sleep in, and she'll kind of just sit there and stare at him. Okay. Sounds good. Um, make a survival check, and you all can as well. Seven. Twenty-two. And Corey, what'd you get? I got fifteen. Okay. So, Corey and Gwen, the two of you noticed this. Arjan, you are too focused on just digging this hole right now. Uh, the physical motion is really helping get your mind off of this. But Gwen and Corey, you both notice that there is something slightly jarring about this night sky. And as you look up, you realize that it is a full moon. But the last time you remember seeing the moon, it was nowhere near as close to this as it should have been. And you come to realize that you have no frame of time reference for how long you were actually inside of Solacaris's chamber. Oh, damn. Gwen, as you are moving Calum and getting him a comfortable place. Corey, the shield upon your back begins to glow. And you see a small glowing form emerge from the shield. And with a light crunching noise of snow beneath their feet, you see that this figure has their back towards you and they are looking at the hut that Gwen moved Calum into. And they begin walking. Corey follows. And Corey, as you begin to follow, you see that there are silvered flames that seem to be just flittering off of your body and they separate enough and grow large enough that they actually turn into the dancing lights humanoid that you are able to create with your moon form and you recognize this figure to be the figure of Oliviet. And she is walking alongside you. want to reach out and hold hands with her if I can. You do. 
and Gwen, you see through this open door, this small glowing figure, childlike in size, standing in the doorway of this hut. Uh, she's gonna like kind of stand up and uh, look at her and then look at Caleb and uh, she'll kind of fiddle with her braid and just um, uh, I'm sorry he um he didn't he didn't make it I couldn't protect him Corey the shield on your back is becoming ice cold chilled to the point of uncomfort as this figure takes sorry <laughs> God, every time she's gonna take the shield off her back and just hold it and try to warm it and as this figure takes two small steps forward they then rush forward and you see that this figure puts their head down onto Calum's chest and there puts their two arms onto the chest as well and you see the fingers clench and Corey, as you look down at the shield you see the frosted texture appear on the cover and you see the word no written out and you see one of her hands rise and fall and strikes against Calum's chest but there is no pressure of him getting hit there is no sound of slapping but as the hand strikes again you see on the shield as well not obeying any kind of linear pattern no 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 as her hands continue to just strike up and down against calum until that frosted texture completely disappears from the sheer amount of no's that have been written and then you see the arms stop moving and she crawls up onto the table and lies up against him and you can see that her shoulders are shaking. And on the shield, you see the frosting again. And in the smallest possible print, written with, clear, with a clearly shaking hand, you see the phrase, please come back. Please. Calum, as you and Kaharik are sitting amongst the willows the sound of the flow rushing beneath you you hear a sound it is the sound of wings and typically when you hear the sound of these wings you expect to see some sort of corvid but silently from flutter to silence to flutter again you see what appears to be a barn owl made of pure light 
and it lands on a branch in one of the nearby willow trees. And Kaharik looks up, and then he looks towards you. And after you having told him your story, he says, If this is all that I am allowed, then so be it. Kalem, I am proud of you beyond words, and know that the love I feel for you runs deeper than that which flows beneath us. I believe in you. I always have, and I always will. And as he says that, he looks up towards the luminescent owl and he says thank you for keeping him safe and that the owl swoops down towards you and lands on your shoulder and crooks its head and then just begins cooing as it presses its head up against yours and as it does the vibrance of this owl continues to grow until the entire area around you is shrouded in light. Um, as a final interaction, he will turn to Kahark and give him a smile. I'm going to do my best, Father. And he says... You will shine brighter than any star. And with that, the room goes white. Gwen, you are watching this small form bundle up next to Calum, and you see them sit up, and they set a hand against Calum's cheek. And you can see that on his chest, there are droplets, there are tears. And these tears begin to almost dissolve, like they are being absorbed into Calum. Corey, as you look down at the shield, you see the frost fill in the lines that were part of the seven stars of Saloon and the two eyes that are there seem to tilt and the face on the shield becomes that of a barn owl and begins to glow as the shield begins to glow Calum, you begin to glow as well. And Corey, the hand holding yours squeezes you. And you can feel a sensation of it's it's a full thought that comes through. It's not just emotions. And it is it's more important 
for you to still be a maiden than it is for me. And you watch as the silvered flames of Olivia flicker and they wrap themselves around Calum and they seem to draw inwards and you hear the sound of breath. Or what the fuck? God. Caleb. You breathe in chill winter air. It is slightly stuffy and you can feel the warmth of a small form hugging your side and you aren't sure if it's Gwen being weird or or possibly Cybra and when you look down you can see Amaris I think his reaction initially is to move his hand to check if it's either Gwen or Cybra it's like okay this is humanoid then he looks down uh. Calum? Hey. Uh. Arjun! Oh, Arjun, you can for sure hear this. Gwen is the <laughs> loudest thing for miles. <laughs> How far down am I? Make a survival check. How good are you at digging graves, boy? Five. I'm You're not five very good. good at digging graves, boy. <laughs> There was a part where you were like, there was, yeah, the earth is frozen. And there was also a brief moment where you were like, wait, was it six feet wide? (laughs) Look, look, this is why blood hunters, this is why they do funeral pyres. Like, (sighs) easy. It's easy to light a body. More efficient. Yes. Um, uh, It's like crawl, like run out. Okay. It wasn't very deep, so it doesn't take much for you to crawl out. (laughs) Uh, But you see that from where Gwen is yelling, a child-sized light source that you recognize at this point to be Amaris, (laughs) you see that Gwen is losing her shit but in a way that signifies something good has happened. But you wouldn't know it looking at Corey's face. What? Did you say something? Uh, He just, under his breath, said Caleb. I... Oh my, the, oh my God, he did it, guys! What, what, what happened, what, what, what'd you do? Or he's just standing like a fair distance away from Calum. She's got, um, she's got the shield uh, just like held across her chest um, and like literally just like streams of tears coming down her face uh, and she will run across the room and throw her arm around Kalen's neck. 
Gwen joins the pile. I, yep. I, I Dalen, died. You have four layer. You have four levels of exhaustion. Great. <laughs> Ow, guys, this really hurts. Oh, sorry. Corey, Arjan, dying sucks. Yes, it does. Yeah. It does, Caleb. Can we not do that again? Yes! Like... <laughs> Gwen's like fixing his hair, like brushing his hair <laughs> with her fingers. Oh, what? I. Ooh. Rutro. I, I can't fix Caleb's HP pool right now. <laughs> Rutro. Okay. I'm going. I'm I'm going to you were uh, oh, there we go. There we go. Okay. I'm gonna hit this boy with a divine sense real quick, you know. <laughs> just to be sure. <laughs> oh god. You don't notice anything that wasn't already there. Oh good. Okay. I well, I as far as your memories of what you had while you were deceased. You remember a singular hug that you felt. What the fuck? Great. Uh, give this boy his daddy. He needs a daddy. He's got three. <laughs> he needs, he this needs a daddy. good one. Okay. <laughs> Four if you count pink dad. Um, <laughs> hey, you can collect gods. I can collect dads. <laughs> daddy mom. Careful. <laughs> I just Careful. don't want to get demonetized here. Daddy. All right. Um, <laughs> uh, Corey's just giving him like a once over, just like trying to make sure that he's not, you know, fucking undead. Because um, that would be the worst. Um, <clears throat> did you. Was she there? Did you see her? How did you get back? Don't remember. I just, I remember seeing the hags and then it was black. I remember someone hugging me afterwards, but I guess that was you guys. I, I don't know how I got back. Was it Artemis? Who? The shield chick. Amaris. Whatever. Was it her? <laughs> I look down to her. She has... Somebody is hammering. <laughs> <laughs> she has... Whereas before you had seen that there was... That it was primarily light. That she was almost like a dancing lights figure. Her form has more defined features. Buh. Like you can see the outline of what appears to be a hood that covers the majority of a small child's face. And you can see that the sleeves on her robe seem to have a feather-like pattern leading down to the bottom. And it is just this one large sweater dress. Caleb's gonna turn on whatever they set him down on and put Amaris in his lap. I don't know. 
and she uh. leans her head against your chest and you feel you actually feel her shoulders rising and falling as it seems like she has tuckered herself out and fallen asleep against you that's different um, we'll figure that out later and you'll just like pet her head Olivia's form is gone now, that is right? correct Corey's just kind of looking down at Amaris um, and she's like working out exactly what just happened um, and she chooses not to tell Caleb All right. How dare you? And as Calum, you are petting the sleeping princess of owls, and Corey, you are debating on whether or not to tell Calum about what has happened with Olivia. That is where we are going to go into our break for the evening. So I would like to say thank you to everybody who decided to stop on by and join us for this wonderful indoor adventure. We are going to try and be back in five to ten minutes, so don't go no place unless it is to grab a food, grab a drink, grab a friend, or possibly go to bit.ly slash merch indoor and pick up some Todd stuff. Todd is a character that was created by our dear friend, uh, Bonus Stage Rob, who's in the chat right now, yelling at me pretty dang hard. So consider joining our Discord. It's a fun time for fun people, but we are going to go into our break, so we shall see you soon. All right, everybody. Bye-bye. Hello, everybody, and welcome. Oh, no. Oh, no, they're T-posing aggressively at me. I deserve this. I deserve this. Oh, shit, they're getting closer. (laughs) So, uh, last we left off, Calum. You have returned. (laughs) Our dear, sweet Amaris is asleep in your arms and your party is looking upon you. Everything hurts. Yeah, yeah. Let's, I think we should, I think we should go to bed. Yeah, I'll keep watch. No, I I got it. Okay. 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 So is sleepy time for Calum? Or we'll spend the night uh, watching over him, just holding on to the shield. And Calum, as you fall asleep and Amaris has fallen asleep as well, you watch Corey as her form seems to dissipate and then recede back into the shield. And after she does, it looks like the front of the shield is back to being the symbol of Saloon. All right. So silence for the whole night. Caleb, while you sleep, you remember bits and pieces of that in between. You don't remember everything that happened, but you are able to focus on it. 
and you remember seeing the face of your father. And you remember seeing his mouth move, but you don't remember the words that came with it. Do I remember that he is my father, or is it just like there is this elven man who looks kind of like me? You know. In the same way where if a animal has not seen uh, their people in years, they still immediately know who they are. You don't have to even think about this. If it's just a dream sequence, he will just let it play out. Okay. And the lot of you are taking watches. No. Nope. Gwen says nope. Gwen is staying up all night. Okay. As is protocol. Archon's been digging a grave and is also very bloodied, so he's... Yeah, he's not saying up. Okay. So Arjun goes sleepies as well. I think Corey stays up with the intention uh, or like, you know, it watches over Caelan with like the intention of staying awake but um, morning comes and she realizes that she's been trancing. Okay. Gwen, make a constitution save. Thanks, Zoom, for letting me know. Uh, this is a sad advantage. For staying up all night? night? Uh, yes. No. Right, this isn't a poison effect, no. so yeah. It's 219s tonight. Oh, um, shit. Yeah. 24. No, you are, you are very used to this. And... When you wake up, when the lot of you wake up, the oppressive gray coloring that was the sky prior has dissipated. It is a clear blue sky with an eager spring sun that is beginning to melt the snows of Greenreach. And as you look around now that you can see, and it's a little difficult to actually get a good look, but you can see buildings off in the distance. You recognize those, Gwen, to be the villa. You recognize that there are small townships and little thorps that you can see littered around Greenreach that were otherwise hidden within the snow itself. You don't see any people, but you do see where footsteps were of people having come and gone, but they don't look fresh. Um, you wanna see if we can get breakfast? Breakfast would sound, well, it sounds very, good right now all right uh gwen is um gwen is going to uh roll down the sleeves of her uh cold winter clothing outfit to cover her tattoos 
and make sure her shirt, well, I'm sure that she's not wearing a crop top in the winter, but per the usual, she's going to part her hair on the other side and let it flow down so there's not the shaved side. Um, and she's going to um, take the snow and rub it on her face so she's like cleaning herself off a little bit um, and kind of tucks away most of the like really scary looking stuff not that she really can because she's got big weapons on her but um uh she's like all right come on follow me and i'm gonna lead them to the villa and see if there's not like an in out this way right what you said that uh, you said that there is not an in out this way is there an in out this way cool Sorry, Sorry, there was like this <laughs> like mental parsing. Here? I was like, what? Guys, I really want Whataburger. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, you know, Gwen, that there is actually a, there is another small brewery that is out this way, or at least was out this way last time you checked in. Uh, and it is the Three Rivers Brewing Company. It's a place near me. Okay. Gwen's going to take them there. As they're walking, uh, Kaelin will fall in step with Corey, and he'll say to her, I didn't go to her when I died. Do you know that for sure? Uh... I'm not sure, but I met my father. He just stops. Your, your father? The biological person who provided the chromosomes necessary for me to be... Ta-da. I... That doesn't make any sense. Do do all Shadokai go to their father when they die? Shrugs. I've never met one, so I can't ask. Well, I've met a few, but they didn't. One. Se- I've met a few, but they didn't seem to be the talking sword. Okay, Coriander. <laughs> it's very interesting. I never considered we might meet your father one day. Do you know where to find him? No, I... What what kind of person is he? Not a Dak. He was... kind. She gets a far-off look in her eyes, and she's like, Oh, I need to see if I have a letter from my father. Oh, it was not going to be a fun letter to write to tell him that you had passed away. Oh, hmm. Yeah, that's a great icebreaker. Hey, Dad, remember that leg you were making for my friend? Don't need it anymore. He's... I think he's grown rather fond of you. That would have torn him up. Speaking of legs. Oh, shoot. Fuck. Hi. God damn it. When you had died, uh-huh. 
the connection that your plant leggy had 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 ceased as its source of nutrients had died and it decayed and parted itself from you when you were reborn when you were brought back via amaris your leggy came back Guys, everybody, we got one. <laughs> everybody, please mark down this episode as the one where Indoor did not take a leg away, <laughs> but gave one back. Well, no, he still took a leg away. Net gain is zero leg. Plus one is zero leg. He did take the bean leg. Um, all right, so I'm just going to write it down. This is how I get my arm back. Die. See my dad. I think, but wait, didn't you die since you lost your arm? Fuck. You could probably skip out the death portion and just go see your dad. I'm gonna have to wait until I become a Shatter Kai and then die. Stop that. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, we got we got tant sidebars. Um, Well, it's a good thing I've kept this shoe all this time. Gwen's in the back, by the way. She's watching over everyone. <laughs> uh, yeah, t- just turn up here to the left. Uh huh. Gwen, are you? You're supposed to be like leading us, right? Because we don't know this area. Yeah, I'm leading you from the back. I'm topping from the bottom. Okay. I get that reference. Speaking of which, uh, I'm gonna go and go spring form. Wait, what? <laughs> okay. Make a wisdom save. Oh, shit. I still have Our to bottoms, do that. right? Ten. You attempt to change but it I'm into so happy form. that Caleb's back. And you focus on it, and you know that it's there. But it feels like there is some sort of barrier that is preventing you from changing out of your raven form. Keep that to myself. So yeah. Gwen, you are leading them to the three rivers? Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. And once you arrive, you can see that there are a few halflings that look like they are in better sorts than the other ones that are kind of poking around. They are like peeking outside of of doors and windows and then shutting Mm -hmm. them really quick. And you see one of them looks at you and looks at the lot of you. Hello, my name is Guinevere Proudfoot of the Proudfoot family, and I have come back to free these lands of winter. I have done so. I am hungry. Can I please have something to eat? We will pay. And figure. 
Shiloh Farfield. Hello, sir. You... Have you... Were the hags gone? Yes, they are, sir. It was... What happened to them? We killed them and sent them back to the Feywild whence they came. Make a persuasion check with advantage. <laughs> okay. Turns to Arjan and Corey. Alright, this isn't right, but also, do we have to worry about the Waystone? You know, her name is Guinevere. Phillips shouted at the top of his lungs. Oh, shoot. You Sorry, did, you absolutely happened did since that. then. I've been very, I've been very distracted. You died. Ah. So with the fifteen, uh, Shiloh Farfield stops, and he seems to look at you, and he registers what you're saying, and he realizes it's truth. And you watch an insurmountable weight be lifted from his shoulders as he stands at his full halfling form again. Not very tall by, by many standards, but Gwen, you know that there is a sense of, of joy welling up inside of this individual. And he says, if, if what you say is true, then yes. Yes, if, a, a thousand times yes, you can, of course, eat for free. At, at our tavern um i'm the proprietor uh, it's the three rivers um best in the villa so i have heard <laughs> thank you thank you and he rushes over and gwen he grabs both of your hands and starts oh, shaking them violently <laughs> Just, thank you <laughs> she lets him do it for all of like five seconds and then just slips her hands out and she like claps him on the shoulder. It is, it is nothing citizen. Uh, please, we have been traveling in the snow and we are very cold. And- And hungry. He nods yes. Uh, and then takes you to the brewery. Uh, and inside, seeing Arjan as you being a, a tall, rather large boy by halfling standards, uh, the loading docks of these breweries are getting very familiar to you as they are the most open areas. Uh, but they, uh, this figure, Shiloh, sets up a, a kind of makeshift table and says that um, we're... I'm going to find see if I can find any food lying around that's still good. We I checked earlier and we do have we do have some beer uh from the winter's past. I'll 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 bring some out to you. I can't believe they're gone. Thank you. And he just disappears into the brewery. <sighs> So, where to next? Do we have to close a waystone or something? Well, 
Plum did say that Cyprus isn't intending to come into the natural plane until after he's taken over the rest of the year's wheel. So the Feywild is in more danger than this place is, at least in terms of Cyprus. But there are other dangerous Fey like the hags but like they were were they doing the winter thing or well i don't understand it seems to be the case because look um she just kind of gestures out the window at the sunny sky spring is coming again and it i 100 percent believe it's because we've driven out the hags i just want to point out there that if cyprus does want to freeze the year's wheel in the feywild and that winter is, well, already there, I think we should close the waystone because more dangerous creatures could flow out. It would probably be safest to close it. Do we have to destroy it? I don't know. Do we know of any other way to close it? No. I mean, I don't. Three sent Damien to close that other waystone, and it absolutely destroyed it. Well, I don't. I don't know anything about these sorts of magics, but I get the feeling that if there were a non-destructive solution to this, they would have used it. At least I hope they would. I I can try looking into it tonight. For now, we should probably rest. It's a good idea. Okay. I mean, I should probably get word out to the rest of the halflings that the threats are gone for the most part that we know of. The threats that we know of are gone. Ooh. What about all the halflings that kind of turned into... They know, seem to have turned back. Oh. Which is good and bad because we did kill some of them. It's fine. Just don't say we did it. Okay. Hags did it. Uh, is there a postal system? Is there some sort of courier? You know, Gwen, that before uh, there were pony riders? Just. Mm-hmm. Small horse riders that would deliver mail throughout yeah. Greenreach. Uh, Gwen, when when he comes back with the beer, Gwen will uh, tell him to uh, just uh, make sure that the the rest of the Greenreach knows that the hags have been dealt with and the dragons are gone and that tree is dealt with as well. You don't even have to tell him. <laughs> At this point, when he comes back, you hear a sound of wood rolling against wood. And from a hallway, you see him pushing a keg. And from behind him, you see another halfling pushing a wooden cask. Another halfling pushing a wooden cask. And you watch as this small parade of halflings presents what little food they have. In, that managed to stay the winter. 
and they freely give it to all three of you. Gwen, oh, man. you are the only one who speaks halfling. Yeah. So looking at these casks before they are even even revealed as to what their names could be, you see three names, one on each individual cask, each one labeled with the Three Rivers Brewing Company. The first is the Three Rivers Festive Ale. The second is Farfield's Tea. And the third is labeled Stone Drop Stout. Oh my god. <laughs> Gwen composes herself for a second. <laughs> uh, this Guys, this is too much. I think this might be too much. Is this too much? And that is when Shiloh uh, lets you all know that they have three different styles uh, of beer that are available for the four of you. They have a red ale, they have a wit beer, and then they have a stout. And he will reveal the names to all four of you as well, explaining this is the Three Rivers Festive Ale, this is Farfield's Tea, and this last one is the Stone Drop Stout. Stone Drop Stout, that rings a bell. Guess I'll try the Three Rivers. Yeah, isn't that the one that I lost? Corey? No. You Stone Drop Stout was, was session one, wasn't it? Yeah, it was session one. <gasps> oh my god, it was. That was like a year ago. That was quite <laughs> that was a while over ago. a year ago. Uh-huh. It did sound quite familiar. Yeah. Um, Corey will have the But none of us had now. that. None of us had the Stone Drop. It was no, replaced with Catnap is the thing. Nobody tried it. Uh, can we? Oh, shit. Uh, guys, can we check and see? Make sure this is not laced with anything. God, that was a long time ago. We never dealt with that, did we? We did. Did we? Kind of. Yeah, we well, fought I mean, those we, guys. We they took were working care. for the cheese. Yeah, we took care oh, of the okay. cheese. But didn't they get the, the catnap from somewhere up here? Oh, shit. And we didn't follow that up? <laughs> <laughs> Where it's was a call the callback? God, no, it was from somewhere in Greenreach, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. Uh... But the no, the wasn't the catnap DM apologies. Wasn't the catnap from like the burning forest or whatever? I thought the stout was. Make a history check. Oh God! You Everybody... can all make history checks if you would like. So concerned. Uh... Nine. I got eight. Eight. Should not have given them a, a I'm dice. I'm not supposed to be good at these. How did I get the highest one? So the three of you are all are basically having the same conversation that you are currently having. Be like, no, it was in the forest. I thought we dealt with it already. Corey, what you remember from the dossier was that the fertilizer for uh that was used for the creation uh or that was used for fertilizing the apricot fields in green reach was taken from the hollowed lock ruins the apricots are the are were the fruit accent that was added to the stone drop ale or to the stone drop stout uh as far as feeling like you had checked it off of your list that was something that you guys never officially closed out. Corey will say as much. 
I thought, the, I thought the cat nat came from the big cheese. That's that was the whole point. As far as the catnap, Corey, you do remember that that was applied locally. Cool. Well, I'm glad we got that cleared up. And we definitely did go to the Hololock ruins because, you know, that's where I died. <laughs> For the second time. You've died several places, Sean. Yeah, that's why I was so upset, guys. Gwen, you ever hear of something called Survivor's Guild? <clears throat> no? You're the first person I've ever met who has ever inflicted it on someone else. Is that bad? Was that bad? Kind of. Like, I'm sorry, it was a lot, okay? Makes you feel any better, I don't think I'm gonna be able to do that again. I'm saying The cats were running around, what did you say? <laughs> if it makes you feel any better, I don't think I'm gonna be able to do that again. Oh, yeah. Wait, why? My patron's gone. We know this, right? This is something we know. Can you guys hear them? Yeah. yeah. They, go thump, they go thump thump. <clears throat> so Let's what's wait. the plan? What is our plan? Close the waystone. Um, uh, immediately, I think I should probably get some correspondence with my father. It's been a while since I've talked to him. Um, Arjan, you have that, that writ that we need to go and collect money on. So, in order, I send a, I see if I have a letter from my father, we close the waystone, and then we head in that direction. We should probably make sure that that last tag is dead though. Or not on this plane anymore. Can you track her, Arjan? She's faster than we are. If she well, if, to escape, she's done it already. Well, we need to know that she's escaped and not still here lurking. Okay. I'll uh, like I'll explain. Uh, oh, I'll also take out that letter because Caleb also missed this. Um, and I'll explain the letter that I got regarding the hags um, and our theory on there being a hag matriarch. It all comes back down to Moonstear Manor, I guess. Do you think that's where they are? Well, if they're saying to gather there, yeah. At worst, it's probably just a huge coven. Where's the next place that we're going to stay in one place for a while because then we can use that map that we've made the cross-reference so chelly so i think all right then i suppose we'll spend some time in sertzelia and figure that out oh um cory gets out her uh her crow's uh corvid skull um you said it was pointing west it is pointing west at this point, and it is mm. glowing yellow. What is west? That's where the... Isn't that where the, the Titan is skull where, is? That is where Sertelier is. Yeah. 
Wait, also... west of Greenreach? East, sorry. <laughs> I thought yes. you said west. <laughs> you have it set to W for Wumbo. <laughs> so it yes. is pointing towards to towards towards. Okay. I was like, oh, that sucks. We have to go towards the Titan Skull. Uh, yes. <sighs> so, what I want to know is. The Raven Queen said that this was going to teach me how to tame the primordial fae. And while I do have my spring form back, I'm not entirely certain what I was supposed to learn there. Well, what'd you learn about the hags? Like, they're fae, right? Maybe suppose, you're supposed to take something from each battle. I mean, spring was trapped inside of a tree. That's true. Oh. What was... Because Fig was like... Fig, okay. Fig was like possessed, right? By what? He was p possessed by... The tree. The tree, which was... Hey. Right? So maybe... How did that Fig get here? Through the portal, it was carried by a bird given to Fig. And what was his motivation? Because he told him to. Who? The 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 seed told. No, no. Um, what was the seed's motivation? So wanted everyone to accept their inevitable fate. Right. And he went against the Cypress dude. Right, because Cypress wanted to do some him to do something and he didn't. But you were able to tame it, right? <laughs> Quinn's like, am I on the right path here? <laughs> She's I just like making bullet points that don't really <laughs> correlate. Caleb <laughs> turns to Corey and just goes, Maybe you just have to beat the crap out of them. I Yes. I, that's what I was going to do to begin with. Like a Pokemon. I don't really understand what? why I had to lose Arjun. my seasons to learn that. Hmm. <clears throat> Maybe we'll learn more with Summer. Maybe you losing your seasons made you realize something about yourself. Dying sucks. Caleb. <laughs> uh, Gwen scoots over to Caleb and just like grabs his hand and holds it. Oh. So rest, waystone, get out of green reach. Yeah. Sounds good. Okay. So you guys continue resting, and at this point, more and more of these halflings are coming up to give their thanks. And after about two hours or so of you guys having rested here and indulged in revelries, uh, someone recognizes you, Gwen. Oh. <laughs> and when they do, they look at you... <clears throat> with the look of seeing a ghost 
like they didn't think that they would ever see your face again and they come up to you and just say you always were a shining knight and they set a tray of very thinly sliced very finely cut meats on a plate in front of you and then they give a gentle bow and then, is it a girl is it a girl it is not a girl Dang it. gwen make a history check okay Five. You've never seen this halfling before in your whole goddamn life. Alright, that's weird. Thanks. And Thanks, citizen. They smile to themselves and then continue off. I know what that was, and I'm upset that I don't remember. Ice in the courtyard. Yep. That that. Yeah, so your day goes by fairly uneventfully other than these halflings all coming out to to give their thanks to you. Uh, and they keep bringing out more food. Oh, they no, keep I... bringing out more drink. Uh-huh. <laughs> as, as much as you will have, they are willing to give. Ah, oh, man, I cannot. Can I need another bite? Shine. You guys are the best. Who? Arjan voraciously eats all the calories because <laughs> he's, he's a big boy. He has been denied for so long. Can Corey taste the food? In your current form, you cannot. Damn it! I'm gonna try and t- I'm gonna try and go back into my spring form one more time. You find that the barrier is still there. Curses. And you feel like you won't be able to try again for until dawn of the next day. Okay. I grip the Corvid skull and I whisper sweet nothings into the Raven Queen's ear, which is to say I curse her name. I curse her name. I was going to say. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, and throughout this day, uh, several individuals in very well-made clothes end up coming to deliver their thanks unto you none of them seem to recognize who you are gwen that's um, fine. but they they call you a child of the reach nonetheless uh and you end up meeting uh oh where is my list you end up meeting uh leona shielding who is one of the heads of what were the five major families within uh within the uh within green reach proper you meet cal and sherry farfield it seems like the heads of the grovekeld family did not make it through the winter and the heads of the thimblefish family also did not make it through the winter was that us I don't think so. Doesn't sound like us. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and they the bad guys. The bad they guys. end up paying each of you a combined total of two thousand gold per. Holy two thousand gold per? Yes. <gasps> yes. <laughs> this is indoor making up for all the time. <laughs> <laughs> 
You just saved the lives of three of the wealthiest families in the entire region. Oh, shit. <laughs> so. Uh, Gwen's going to ask about the, uh, the spice bottoms. 2,000 gold? Yes. Yeah. You know how much <laughs> yes. money I had to my name? Six silver and five copper. <laughs> Corey jingles when she walks now. <laughs> you always jingled when you walk. You wear plate mail. <laughs> uh, Terrible. Yeah, no, Gwen I wore will... splint, you silly goose. Gwen will ask about the spice bottoms and if anybody knows anything. Uh, it Can I would... take 500 from everybody for the party mm -hmm. funds? Yes. Absolutely. It would appear that Todd the Sixth spice bottom and philippa spice bottom uh were both able uh to they were both able to make it to the burrows beneath okay. the city uh as well as the majority uh if not all of the spice bottom family all right um uh after a fair bit of uh of revelry and alcohol. Gwen's gonna kind of like lean on Arjan and she's just gonna say, Arjan, tomorrow we gotta we gotta we gotta deal with the make sure we deal with the hag thing. And then and then we'll do the waystone thing. And I uh, think I wanna see my dad and my mom. I really don't think I'm gonna be able to find that hag. Well, I just, I want to make sure that he's, like, gone, gone, and not, like, hiding in the woods somewhere, then we're going to have to, like, come back and deal with it. But, I I mean, if it's flying away, I really don't think I'm going to be able to track it. <laughs> Gwen takes his head in her hands, and she, like, makes him look at her. You're, like, the best tracker I know. And I think that you can do anything you set your mind to. Oh, is that about your dad? I just want maybe I'm just I think we should like stop by on the way out. They make a really good suit. Okay. Okay. You're like my favorite. I mean you're not, but like you like are, you know? No. I mean like I might have like I thought for a little bit that I thought I might be like in love with you. But then I realized that, like, I'm just in love with the idea of you. And then I'm like, is it more like a friend love, you know? No, I really don't know. I'm, I'm going to go to sleep now. Okay. Caleb, you what? and Corey witnessed this. <laughs> I turned to Corey. Shake my head. <laughs> and he's going to just take a small stroll outside. No, no, not without me or not. <laughs> Corey's just sitting there whispering to her raven skull, just like, I am too fucking sober for this. <laughs> Gwen is going to stumble after Caleb. She is not. Caleb's going to Caleb's going right. to take her hand and then like put it on Corey's hand. <laughs> who's still in the raven form. Wait a second. Perception check at disadvantage. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> That's a seven. You got your hand on Caleb's hand, and he ain't going any place. He ain't going anywhere. And Come she's out. gonna like lean up against Corey's side and like start to fall asleep. <laughs> I'm not gonna go far. I just need some air. That's damn right, you're not. 
just be careful, all right? Losing once is enough. Hey, careful's my middle name. I don't actually have a middle name or a last name. Careful's my last name. Start walking out. <clears throat> Corey will just put a hand on Gwen's head and just kind of stroke her hair. I think Corey is really pretty. I don't understand why she doesn't think I'm pretty. I think Corey thinks you're pretty. But she said it wasn't divine. I think she meant that in a literal sense. You look divine, Gwen. Okay, Lemire, you're so nice to me. I'm so glad you're back. <laughs> She's gonna start crying. I imagine it's an ugly cry. Like, <laughs> you cannot have the pretty cry when you're that many beers in. It's against the rules. Arjan, make a make a constitution save. Thirteen. You're holding yourself pretty well. You're used to dealing with poisons. Booze is just another poison, and unlike your friends, you have been carbo loading like a motherfucker, so it actually is able to like absorb in your tummy. Corey's just gonna cut look at Arjan and just like put out an arm like you want you want in on this? <laughs> <laughs> bless that boy the table sort of is... jostles a little bit she'll just like kind of tip him a little bit so that he's not like face down on the table so that she can tell that he's breathing and now she's stuck here with the two drunks <laughs> okay if you would like to escape you can use a sleight of hand check you know what else I can use? Just... Yeah. Won't that hurt us? No. It's only upon no, arrival. it only hurts the people that I land next to, and only if I want to. I'm leaning on you. I'm asleep on your arm. It is established Gwen is a very heavy sleeper. <laughs> Especially she... when she's been drinking for a solid six hours. She she moves gently so that Gwen will like flop onto her chair when she when she teleports and then she just out. And Caleb, where are you going? Take a walk around, maybe the street. Okay. Head together. And as you are out walking, Corey, you exit out of the building and you see Caleb maybe about sixty feet away at this point. And the moon is probably almost full. It's beginning its waning phase. Make another survival check. Oh, that's pretty good. Dirty 20. You know that before you went into the tree, you were four days away from a full moon. Huh. That's full days of our lives for never getting back. Corey's going to spend the night on the roof. Okay. So she can keep an eye on when Calum gets back. All right. And Calum, you, by the time that you circle back to the bar, if you circle back to the bar, you will mm -hmm. see that Corey has found herself atop the roof and is just sort of looking out 
at the proximity of Green Reach. Caleb's going to Blessing of the Raven Queen up to the roof, wait like the six seconds and let it dissipate before he plops down next to Cory. And Cory, when you see the Blessing of the Raven Queen on Caleb, the crack that had formed along the base of his mask has fixed itself. And it is in the shape of what appears to be that same kind of barn owl styling that you had seen before. Calum, it feels no different for you. When he sits down, she's like, that's a new look. Thanks. I got it from my dad. Is that the joke I make here? (laughs) Perhaps. Oh shoot! I was gonna send a letter to my dad. Can I? Can I have like summoned Am- summoned Ambleforth before sitting on the roof? I'm okay <laughs> with you summoning him on the roof. I've played enough Witcher Three <laughs> to see Roach just appear on a roof. Like motherfucker, what are you doing up there, you goddamn horse? Roach. <laughs> when uh, when Caleb mentions Dad, she's like, Oh, I never summoned. Give me a second, and she will stand up and summon Ambleforth on the roof. And Ambleforth appears, and like knees buckling a little bit until they find the right place. It seems like because they have more of cloven hooves rather than horse-like hooves, they're able to kind of like situate themselves better on uh, slanted angles. But there's the definite sound of groaning of. Uh, of the boards of the roof bending to Ambleforth's weight. There's a halfling that stumbles out of the brewery, looks up at the horse, and then just stumbles back in. <laughs> There's a horse He's got in like the a, brewery! Got like a mug of ale as he's stumbling out, looks up, dumps the mug of ale out on the ground, and walks back in. Yep. Mumbles something to himself about needing more coffee. <laughs> Do I have any mail? What was the last letter that you had sent? Goddamn. Um, I, it was a quick, quickly, hastily written letter telling um, dad that she, <laughs> the, the prosthetic arm wasn't for Calum's leg. It was for her. She had lost a, an arm. Okay. Uh... And also, like... A, a lot of panicked scribbling about like winter and how it might be leaking into the natural plane and what's going on at home and ah and the message that you get back is it's a series of letters oh oh fuck it isn't just one oh shit but as you and they appear as these uh more crystalline spheres that you remember having received earlier and when you activate the first one you see your dad's face very close to the projection and then a couple steps back and he says test number 34 we are gaining articulation and you see that he has like an a metallic exo arm 
that he is then like trying to grab a bottle with but then there's too much force and the bottle shatters and then he rushes forward and he he hits something close to the camera and then test 43 and then it's just a a seems to be his development log and he begins each one by saying that he loves you and that he wants you to know that your mother loves you and at the end of each of the logs he reaffirms that and promises that when you get to the Feywild he will have something he doesn't know how good it will be but testing shows positive results <gasps> and um. as he says that in the final one you see that there is a spark near the elbow and then mm-hmm. smoke begins coming up from it. <laughs> is your dad okay? Oh, no, that's that's how he is all the time. Oh. That explains a lot. <laughs> um, Corey actually, like, is... She she uh winds up crying halfway through, but like in the happy way. Okay. Is there <clears throat> is there anything that you wanted to say to him um before I sent anything back? Oh, I haven't had time to write in my journal, but oh, um, he will. I don't have that spell prepared. No, we, I, we can wait until morning. Sure. And Ambleforth just looks at you very worriedly, still on the roof, and is like you, <clears throat> trying to find a comfy spot for its large form delay. You, you know, for Ambleforth's sake, I'm fine for now. If I have anything, I'll, I'll let you know. All right. Um, well, just remember. Anytime. Um, she'll write uh, something quickly for her father. Let her know. Let him know that she loves him. Uh, tell mom I love you. Um, things have been scary on the natural plane for a little bit, but um, she thinks that everything's going to be okay. All right. Then, she'll send that off and Ambleforth just looks at you and gives you the most appreciative blep that you have ever seen a horse give Aww. and then you see them uh, like rear up and charge off of the roof and you see them <laughs> jump off of the end like the end of this roof and then there is a whooshing sound and you see spring flowers shoot up from where Ambleforth had run, and they begin to just list down onto the ground, almost like snowflakes. <laughs> Corey kind of smiles, watching him leave. Um, and she'll look at Caleb and say, are, are you okay? Tired for the most part, but I think I'm fine. I haven't felt anything weird in the last couple hours. Uh, she just sort of nods. Um, uh, Arjan and I have 
both been through that. So if you ever need to talk, either one of us, I'm sure. I mean, I probably shouldn't speak for him, but I know that he cares about you and I care about you. I care about you guys too. I don't remember specifically what happened, but I don't know. I I should have been in her grasp, but I wasn't. And that weirds me out just a little bit. But that's a good thing, right? I think so. He will lean back and just look up at the moon. Just, like, lie completely on the roof? Yeah. Yeah, Corey will lie down, too. Like, the two of them will stargaze for a while. And, Calum, as you stare up at the night sky you have another flashing memory of your time in between. And it is a word, a set of words, to be, uh, to be precise. And the set of words was cyanoshine. Cyanoshine. And when you remember that word and when you hear that word, almost on the night winds you remember that that was the name that your parents had given you and in elven it means moon's light he will whisper it just loud enough for Corey to hear and he'll turn his head that's what my father called me, so I think that's my name. Um, she just kind of looks up at the stars for a second and then turns her head to look Caleb in the eyes. And she says, it's beautiful. Doesn't really fit me too well, though. Though you should probably keep it to yourself. Oh no, I gave it to another fae. Whatever am I going to do? <laughs> we'll see what happens. All right. And is there anything else that the two of you wanted to do while up on the roof? Do you fall asleep up there? So is it nice enough to? It is nice enough to. <clears throat> it's a spring morning, although it, you are surrounded by snow. You might start developing a small cold from doing this, but you'll cold be Cold winter cloak. Yep. Over the both. Oh, they do that. Corey makes sure he gets more of the cloak because he needs it more. Okay. And, Calum, you continue to remember 
more from your time in between as you sleep. Morning comes. Gwen, you have passed out at the seat that you had been resting in for hours and hours. And when you wake up, there's food that's on the table. There's day-old booze that's also on the table. And you don't feel incredibly well-rested, but, like, you've slept in worse conditions. Arjan, you had passed out sitting, leaning forward onto the table, so you also aren't incredibly comfortable, but you do feel rested. Oh, my head. Arjan. Mm. Just smacks his head. Arjan. Ow. Ow. Wake up time. Ugh, my mouth tastes terrible. Where's Corey? I need the thing. Corey! <laughs> Quinn starts, like, stumbling around. And Gwen, you and Arjan find yourselves outside as you are calling around for Corey, and you see that she and Caleb have fallen asleep on the snowy rooftop of the tavern. Ow, ow! Magic that wakes and the two of birds. <laughs> Wake up! Corey is still laying there, and she, like her eyes open, she says, "If we lie still, do you think she'll leave us alone?" Put on some pants and get down here, Corey. <laughs> We're never going to hear the end of this. Oh, can't hear you. Me? Yeah, yeah, we couldn't hear you. Oh, he, he, Caleb just goes, nope, 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 nope. He's <laughs> never going to let us let this down. <laughs> there is a grave way back over there with my name on it, so I could always just lie in it. Corey, <laughs> <laughs> hungover. Help, please. Uh, Corey will hop down. You just put a hand on... Uh, Gwen's forehead and say if I do this will you never speak of this again she takes a long minute <laughs> to consider as she's considering Caleb tries to slide off but it's like whoa <laughs> <laughs> to the snow this is just two feet sticking out of a snowbank. <laughs> fine but only because he died yesterday All right. She gives her the five she needs. <laughs> oh, God. I feel way better. Thank you. Car, uh, Caleb, you all right? Arjun. Oh, shit. She's going to go pull him out. Yeah. <laughs> by, the time you yeah. Get, by the time you get there, Gwen, Arjun had already grabbed both of the legs. And Arjun, this is a, this is a real leg. This isn't a soft, squishy bean leg. And you pop Caleb up. And Caleb Snow has gotten into your armor. Does he have feathers? Under his armor, yes. No. Okay. Just checking. So. As he's dangling there in Arjun's arms. Arjun's gonna bright you. <sighs> Set you down. Oh, shoot. I forgot to do that last night. What? What? Research the waystone. Dude. Sorry, I. Cut me some slack. I won't speak of it. Gwen turns and goes inside. 
Arjun, do you need... She just wiggles her fingers. I'm fine. Alright, suit yourself. Put her hand behind her back and stride away. Kellen will go in for breakfast, read through his spellbook to prepare his spells. His eyes kind of like eyebrows. Whoop. Oh. There are several more wizard spells in there that you were fairly confident you had not written yourself. And it seems like they are in another handwriting. How many more spells? Don't worry about it. Knights in the courtyard. Knights in the courtyard. Interesting. Yeah, right, buddy. Um, hmm. Tilts his head. I've. I know I'm not supposed to try anything. I closes the book and walks back outside. <laughs> Dude, br- breakfast. God damn it! Coin gets down and like trudges after him. I'm not letting you out of my sights. I know you slipped me last night. What? I don't know how, no. but you were super strixy about it. I have a negative one dexterity. What do you mean? I was uh, like really hammered. <coughs> oh, jeez. It's just blood. <laughs> oh, Harshan. Uh, yeah, Calum will stand outside of the bar and he's going to touch his chest and cast fly on himself. <gasps> oh no. And there is a sound of heavy fluttering wings. And two large wings appear out of your back. Caleb, would you like to describe them? I imagine they start... I really want, like, the Meta Knight cape. They, like, his cape splits in half and then fans out, like... Black owl wings. Nice. Uh... Mm. They flex a little bit and Calum you can feel them tense on your back mm, that's different is this like a Shatter Kai thing no I think this is a wizard thing and he will hop once twice and then Calum you are you a fly. wizard now he's he's been a wizard for a while Gwen doesn't know that. I know. I know. All magic is magic to Gwen. God. (laughs) You will take a lap around the block and then land. And as you do, you see that they're that the halflings that have returned are beginning to shovel walkways in front of houses and in front of businesses. And they are doing their best to try and to try and, and put things back as best they can. You see that there you hear the sound of hammers and nails and that you know that there are some repairs on buildings that are being put you see that there are smokestacks coming up from buildings now as people have returned and are in need of warmth yeah when he lands uh he'll dismiss it Well, the town is rebuilding, at the very least. Yeah, they're... they're hardy people. 
They'll move on. So, uh, closing the gate today? Day two. Yeah. I think that's a good idea. Can you I just... Heard, I heard that there was another thing added to our docket last night. What was that? Oh, we're going to go and see your parents. They make excellent soup. Yeah, so... No secrets. Um, when we were in the tree... I kind of saw the, I kind of saw a world where I stayed and I made things better here. Um, anyways, I just, I, uh, I think it's probably a good idea if I stop by. Wait, you, you had a good dream in the tree? I mean, kind of. Like, I made it so that the halflings had, like, a an actual army instead of, like, no way to defend themselves. Did, did everyone have a good dream in the tree? I wouldn't say it was good. I also wouldn't say it was particularly good. I would say 50-50 on mine. You guys want to talk about it on the way? Yeah, yeah, sure. They do. They do that. Okay. Coriander's perturbed by how nightmarish hers was in comparison to everyone else's. Arjun really compares want, a little. Arjun really doesn't want to talk to his, talk about his dream. Mm. And we accept that because we're those kind of friends. We don't push it. <laughs> Fucker. <laughs> <laughs> All you cast listeners, RJ just pushed it real good. <laughs> <laughs> Terrible. Yeah, you all make your way to the Waystone. And along the path, there are more halflings that seem to just raise their hands and give thanks. And you are met with a plethora of unique cheeses and beverages, and homemade breads, and small meats. It seems like every halfling wants to give you something <laughs> as thanks. It's like going to Costco when you're hungry, and all of the free sample people are giving you the best selection they have. Uh, wait, Arjan, we kind of need those. We need to walk back to the wagon and get that mended. Okay. <laughs> Let the boy eat. Look at him. He's growing. Yeah, and we'll pat him on the... It's okay. Go ahead. Now I feel really self-conscious about it. <laughs> oh, shit, guys. We gotta get back to Cyra. <laughs> oh, shoot. Yeah, that's also a thing we need to do. All right, let's, let's, let's wrap this up real quick. We gotta get back. We were a little distracted. <laughs> the food and beer. Ah! <laughs> All right. So I, our, we, we go to the uh, the Waystone first? Mm-hmm. Yep. All right, we do that. We go to the Waystone. How do we kill it? How do we kill it? How do, how we, did how do we kill it, Caleb? Caleb puts a hand on the Waystone and looks at everyone and casts Nevermore at fourth level. 
Make an attack roll. Oh boy. You didn't. Of, of all the fucking things to nat 20 on. <laughs> <laughs> RJ! Yeah. Blah, 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 blah. Blah, indeed. Roll Damn. that demise. Oh, sorry. It's at disadvantage because oh, I died. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Can the boy get it twice? But, okay. <laughs> oh, you show me. You show me. Move your camera. <laughs> Take a Is... picture. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> Embrace your destiny, child. <laughs> or destiny's child. Either one works. <laughs> I was going to say, is the waystone considered prone? But go off, I Get guess. Better, <laughs> 70 points of force damage. Jesus Christ. Them fucking wizards. It looks like a wrecking ball. As the base of this large stone pillar with intricate carvings just blasts through. And then you hear a creaking noise as it was uneven in the break. And it begins to topple. Oh, no, 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 no. I need you all to make dexterity saves. <laughs> Plus three. Can I Blessing of the Raven Queen away? You've already used, uh, yeah, you could. I took a long rest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Arjun, what'd one. you get? That's 20 for 26. <laughs> boom, 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 boom. Um, 12. Filthy 20. Hoo hoo. Eight. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Corey, you are going to be taking 14 points of bludgeoning damage. Reduce by three. So remove three of that down to 11. The Prometheus school of running away from things. <laughs> Arjan, you are going to take six. Or you take seven. And Gwen, you also take seven. Calum, you blessing of the Raven Queen out of there before. Oh, no? Okay. Hey, I'll, I'll just run. You will so also take 12. seven. Cool. Oh my god, Corey, are you okay? Corey? Corey, you are just, like, covered in rubble of a waystone. Yeah. Gwen starts oh. shoveling. She pops out of the rubble. I'm fine. Ah. <laughs> Sorry, I, you know, next time we'll stand about 30 feet back. Yep, we'll, we'll remember this for next time we have to destroy a waystone. It's a learning experience. <laughs> hey guys, question. If we destroy all the waystones, can Corey go back home? Well, if you're a high enough wizard, there are spells that would allow you to shift planes. It's true. I mean, Soul sent me back home. Who? Oh? The big tree. Oh, right. Sorry. I thought you were talking about the god. Though I'm sure that there are friendlier methods of doing that. He touched you. Mm. Alright, let's go back and get our animals. Yeah. I wonder if they'll let us borrow ponies. I mean, I feel like we've, got, we've taken enough from them. I mean, like, Arjun, are you appeased? Is your dragon thirst appeased? <laughs> sorry, that was racist. I'm really yeah. sorry about that. We got yeah, a fucking I ton of gold think... out of this. <laughs> yeah, I think I'm good. All right, cool. So, uh, animals then... 
wait, we get, we did the two things. Animals make a stop and then They're anything else? Yeah. I do want to go back to Chua and see if he could get an audience with the Raven Queen. I'm sorry, you what? You want to go back to Chua to see the Raven Queen? I mean, didn't you and Gwen have a plan to try I'm, and... I'm Gwen. I'm talking to Caleb. Oh. <laughs> Hello, Gwen. <laughs> Hi. What's you up? Know, did, I mean, Gwen, you and Caleb had a plan to talk to the Raven Queen, didn't you? Yeah, but not now. Yeah, Chua would have everything ready anytime we popped in, so... Oh, we okay. still want to do that? I don't know. We'll see. If any more stuff happens. I mean, are we... We're pretty well decided that we're not going to take anyone to the Rookery of Bones, right? Yeah, I'm just worried that she might be able to possess somebody and then take the shield that way through this audience. So... Hmm. That sounds awful as well. Do well, you... I can talk to her tonight. Let's not. No, I mean, I can talk to Chua tonight. Oh, okay. You can do that. Yeah. Uh, Caleb. Uh, one of the spells that I was able to learn from team at was uh, protection from good would we maybe be able to leverage that on each of us so that nobody gets possessed It's one, I believe. It'll only affect one person, so. Hey, if it happens, though, we can just do the thing, right? No, no, no. I mean, like, do this spell, and then... The, the spell is more of a preventative thing. Well, then we have to do it all the time, right? Spells don't last forever. Or so I've been told. Right, but if we know that we're going into something, yeah, then we can, at the very prepare. least, cast it on somebody. Yeah, we say this as we're walking back to the. To the we animals. stand in the rubble, and we are. <laughs> okay. <clears throat> so, <coughs> you end up making your way back to the other brewery that you had initially come from. Uh, it is just labeled Grovekeld Brewery. And as you get near, you can see that most of the snow within about 30 feet of the, of the brewery itself has all been melted away. And you can see that there is a small plot of land where there are tall stalks of some green looking thing and there are other vegetation spots that are in the process of growing and as you get near you can hear the sure sound barking of Cybra as she begins rushing out of the distillery towards the lot of you you see that 
Plum is in the process of grabbing Rumble Thunder by the horns and is yelling something about, you need to stop eating those. I'm trying really hard. <laughs> and he's like trying to wrestle them. But with Cyber's barking, Plum stops and turns to the lot of you. Hey, how's it going? And at that, Rumble Thunder knocks him in the chest with her <laughs> massive horns and he gets sent tumbling down onto the ground. And oh, that no. is where we are going to call it for tonight's session. So I would like to say thank you to everybody who decided to stop on by and join us for this wonderful finale to our Advent arc. So you know what that means. Level up, level up, level up. You guys up. all get to level. You've earned it. You defeated Yay. in this area alone so many of these frostlings. You defeated hags and dragons and powerful archfey. And you wasn't a dragon. Wasn't a dragon. Close. Wink. Uh, but <laughs> with that, RJ, where can we find you? What do you do? Hey everybody, I'm RJ here on the channel, but you can catch me at rjs 2 on Twitter and Twitch, where I tweet about the nerdy things in my life. You can catch me here on Monday as Caleb the Shatterkai Cleric, which I failed to mention at the beginning of the show. On Tuesday, we play Curse of Strahd, run by Vinay Keener. We're in the Amber Temple. I play Bartholomew, a human ranger, blood hunter, werewolf. And... And... You're not Bartholomew tomorrow. You take that oh, back. Yeah. I'm not Bartholomew anymore, I'm Sergei. Uh, hey, you can also catch me and the lovely LB Hackamup on Sunday over at the Pro Restarters channel where we play the Cypher System in a game called Phase. I've become the champion to a god. A robo-god. A robo-god. That's no moon. Oh yeah, for sure. Dedicator.com. <laughs> I'm LB Hack'em Up, and I get action surge, bitches! Get ready for Vortex! Uh, <laughs> I'm playing Gwen tonight. Tomorrow I'm going to play Somi Malrezka, who's having a little bit better time emotionally dealing with stuff. Um, and on Friday, you can catch me on Damaberry's channel. We are playing Ghosts of Saltmarsh, where I play a uh, Triton druid. Uh, who is in real trouble with her husband because we've been gone for 18 months and he's not, she wrote a letter, but I'm sure he hasn't gotten it yet. Anyways, uh, Sunday, you can catch me on Monster of the Week at G Game Night's channel at uh, 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And then after that, we play in the phase game where I play a really spooky character who can summon demons from her mind, you know, just right now. So they were pretty, uh, yeah, that was me, my imagination. I didn't come up with that just as a thing denaykeener.com hi i'm cyber you can find me at cyber rule trouble one on twitter where i ship posts i'm i'm a streamer uh, I, I do stuff on twitch.tv cyber wolf trouble one but not this weekend it's critical roles in my town so um all the archives of that channel are on youtube youtube.com cyber wolf trouble one where you can find also find a podcast I call with, and then I do called "Let's Talk About It" or "Get Drunk, Do Parkour, and Talk About Stuff Going On in the RPG World." Uh, you can also find some DVD on homebrew tutorials, and uh, yeah, for other RPG stuff that I'm in, uh, Patreon, DMs Guild. Uh, you can also find me here on Mondays playing Arjan, the Dragonborn, this guy, uh, and on Thursdays in the Ghost of Stalmarsh campaign where I play Albus, the 
Simic hybrid sorcerer. DanaeKeener.com. Hi, everybody. My name is Wings, uh, also known as Danae Keener. You can find me at DanaeKeener.com. I do nerdy drawings mostly related to D&D and a lot of things on this channel. Um, you can also find me here on Monday playing Coriander, the Elegian Paladin, or on Tuesday running Curse of Strahd. Um, and until next time, guess who just got a hold of Revivify, bitches? DanaeKeener.com. Nice. And if you have made it this far, you probably already know who I am. But if you don't, hey, fella, what's up? It's me, your buddy, your pal, your friend, the Indoor Adventurer, the showrunner here at twitch.tv slash Indoor Adventures. We do shows like this Monday, Tuesday, and Thursdays at 5.30 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. So if this was your first time checking us out, consider going to our YouTube or an anywhere audio casts are found, and you can check us out under the same name. But... For now, we are going to be going into our Patreon-supported after-show called Knights in the Courtyard, where we answer questions not only from the community, but also from each other. And I feel like this be a good, uh, this is going to be a good one. So, if you are interested in that, go to, again, patreon.com slash indooradventures to find out our players' thoughts and feelings about this roller coaster of emotion that we just went on. But, with that, I would like to say once again... Thank you to everybody who stopped by. Thank you to these wonderful players for putting up with my bullshit once again this week. And we will see all of you guys next time. All right, everybody. Bye-bye!